0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit angie.com that's a n g i . c o m
1: We took it all we brought them to our land An endless night ember hot and icy cold The rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become?
0: Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
1: Play it now with Game Pass. G'day mates, it's Beebuster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys, and without further ado, let's begin. So, this story comes from just a long, long time ago when I was just a little kid in elementary school. I had made some friends who lived in my neighborhood which was fairly sizable but not too big for a kid to ride a bike to get from one end to the other. I had been to my new friend's house once or twice before but I was young and still unfamiliar with this part of the neighborhood. We had just moved in when I was about six. So I ended up knocking on the doors of people on the way and asking people do you know where Lance lives? Also, yes, Lance did grow up to be just as douchey as his name predicted. Anywho, I'm slowly making progress to where my friend actually did live and on my way down the road I see a car parked on the side of the road in front of a house with people moving things from the car to the house. I go around it in the street since there weren't any cars coming either way and the entitled grandmother makes her debut. Imagine a really old Karen with the classic haircut but with curly white hair and a wrinkled up face. As I went around the driver's side of the car she opens the door and i slam on my brakes i was only seven at the time and my bike wasn't really capable of going very fast so i came to a stop rather quickly she sees me stop just before a car door which if i were going fast she would have completely destroyed me with that cliche car opening to stop a biker move kind of thing and just starts screaming her head off like what the f who are you where are your parents I'm taken aback by the sudden outburst and I couldn't really talk. I just sat on my bike, a little wide-eyed. She then says, I'm trying to get to my little granddaughter's birthday party and you almost killed me. I want to talk to your parents right now. Where do you live? I was too young to understand what a carrot was. Parents are about as close to managers as you can get with children. Looking back she was completely in the wrong here on so many levels but I was young and an obedient kid who respected adults as if their word was law practically. I felt like I was a ways from home. I wasn't but it felt like it since I had stopped so many times along the way so I just replied I live a long ways away and pointed in the general direction of my house. She demands and says that I'm being a smartass and raises a hand to slap me as she screams I need to know where. It's at this exact moment too that the homeowners come out and the first homeowner grabs the woman's arm before she can bring it down on me. In a true hold me back fashion she starts weirdly squirming and spasming and like she's trying to break loose to beat my seven-year-old ass into the ground as I just sat there dumbly staring at the woman. She yells, let go, this little F tried to run me over. The first homeowner and the second homeowner look at me on my tiny bike and then back at this woman. I don't think he did that on purpose, sweetheart. It looks like he just didn't look before opening the door. Be thankful it was just a kid and not another car. Nonsense. I came all the way to see my granddaughter for her birthday. And this little shit almost kills me. I need to talk to his parents right now. I'll be suing them so hard this little shit will be legally enslaved to me to pay off his debt. And when I die, I can gift him to our granddaughter for her birthday. Hey, listen lady, that's enough of that. The first homeowner slowly pulls the woman into the house as she screams nonsense. At the time, I had no idea what to do. Should I leave? Were the cops coming? Was I in trouble? I was so confused and just kind of lost, so even if I wanted to leave, it would take me a while to find my way home. The first homeowner came out a few minutes later and saw me still just sitting there. They walked out and handed me a cupcake and said, I'm sorry how my mother-in-law treated you. Take this. My little eye sparkled a little and I destroyed that cupcake. I was a little upset afterwards though because I had some crumbs and icing on my hands that ended up getting on my handlebars but I was overall happy at this point. The homeowner lived around the corner from my friend so he gave me directions when I asked him about him. I head over and about 10 minutes later, This woman rings my friend's doorbell. My friend's mum answered the door while I was in the adjacent living room, so I overheard the conversation and it went something like this. I know your son lives here. My daughter lives around the corner and your son almost hit me on his bike. She peers inside and sees me staring at her from a couch. There he is. My friend's mum thought that she was pointing at my friend, so she asked when exactly did this happen? she says, 10 minutes ago. She says, my son has been here, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. She then says, that's a lie, you're lying, I'm gonna sue both of you, I'm coming in, this little shit needs some real discipline. And my friend's mum then says, this conversation is over. She tried to close the door too, but this woman put a knife in the door to keep it open, all while screaming bloody murder and moving the knife up and down to try and cut my friend's mum. As an inside, the knife was probably used to cut a cake at the birthday party because there was icing on it and subsequently the doorframe too. My friend's mum ended up calling her husband who wasn't home and said honey get the shotgun, kill this old bitch. And the bluff worked and at that moment I think reality stuck this woman and she dropped the knife and she just ran. About as fast as you'd expect an older person to be able to run. My friend's mum called the police and she told them what had happened, where we were, and what this woman looked like. I spoke up and told them where I'd first seen this woman, pointing at the house through a window. It was obvious, too, since only one house was holding a party. About nine minutes passed before the police arrived, and I stayed at the house for obvious reasons. But the police started asking me questions and making sure that I was okay when I heard a muffled call over the radio. A lot of the police officers ran from my friend's house to the house that I'd pointed out, and I stared out the window as I saw this woman get tackled to the ground from behind. I did some digging, too, and the police report says that she was tased before being tackled and cuffed because she had attacked an officer who tried to move her to a squad car. In the end, sweet savoury justice was served. Or maybe that was just the homeowner's cupcake. Either way though, it was sweet and I had an awesome story for my other school friends. So, I don't tend to believe in the paranormal much. I tend to believe that there's a logical explanation for just about everything. This is due to the fact that I grew up in a very small Catholic village in Portugal where people believe in witchcraft, curses, ghosts, evil spirits. They highly exaggerate their encounters and flat out lie about meeting horrendous monsters in the night or flying women in the skies and stuff like that. I don't complain though because I absolutely love horror stories and always encourage them to tell me about them even though I don't believe it. Many of my close friends, too, have told me a couple of, uh, I guess, believable ones, which makes me sometimes open-minded to it. Most of these stories, though, revolve around a very old house that belonged to a wealthy family back in the 50s. They were very involved with the country's politics and ended up fleeing to Brazil, leaving the house abandoned. The house is huge and still fully furnished. Lots of paintings, old desks and beds. We've even found old photos and letters in there. Unfortunately, kids have destroyed a lot of the stuff and painted the walls with dick drawings and bad words because, you know, edgy kids, right? I've only ever been in it during the day and have never seen anything unusual. But my friends swear that during the night, it's just a very different house. One night, though, we decided to go in. Some of my friends stayed outside, refusing to be a part of the adventure, so only three of us entered. With a flashlight on our phones, we climbed in through the broken window. Already the vibe is pretty different. It's weird too how something changes so much during the night. Everything just seems so sinister. The window we entered through though takes us to the second floor. We go up to the third floor, then fourth, and all the way down to the first floor. And this is where it begins to get really weird. Like I said, we grew up in a place where witches are real... A lot of older ladies consider themselves to be real witches. They practice a lot of witchcraft, mostly in parks. They'll leave candy and teddies just lying on a blanket with some random pages with spells, or sometimes it'll be with a glass of red wine. This is to apparently lure in kids or teens, and if they take it, they're now cursed. A lot of crap like this happens, and we've all seen it at least once around the village. I don't believe it works or anything, but it is scary to think that some people just wish harm on others like that. But anyway. It's on the first floor that we find a blanket. It's full of candles, a book of dark magic, and the occult, with some of the pages spread around. But the disgusting part was that right in the middle was a hat, and inside the hat were hair cuttings and teeth. There is also just a really horrible smell, and after investigating, we discovered that it came from a cat's head that was placed behind the hat. It was at this point it I just want to leave because whoever left this is obviously an evil bitch and I do not want to run into her all three of us are obviously scared this all seemed like a bit too much my friend picked up one of the pages on the floor though curious as to what was written on it and she started shaking quite violently and when I touched her back she just collapsed on the floor and started to convulse we were terrified and my friend told me to run outside and call for help I did and I have never run so fast in my life. As I ran back up the stairs to the second floor though, I heard as clear as day, somebody running right behind me. I assumed it was my friend following as I climbed out the window, my face towards the corridor that I just ran in from. I expected to see my friend following after me, but instead, I saw a woman peeking her head from behind the wall. I looked straight at her and she said really loudly, You shouldn't be in other people's homes, or we might start going into yours. And at that, I lost it. I screamed so loud that my other friends, they came to me. The boys went back in for my other two friends, and we immediately called an ambulance. The police also showed up because we were technically trespassing private property. We didn't get into much trouble, just a bit of a warning and a phone call to our parents. We explained everything, and I said that I'd seen a lady inside the house, but... They said that they'd found nobody. My friend that had collapsed had to have a series of exams done to her but in the end they found nothing wrong and she's not had any other attacks since then. This is the only true paranormal situation that's ever happened to me and I was 17 and I'm now 23. It still really freaks me out to this day as well and I've had some nightmares since then. I never went back to that house and last year it was actually demolished. They're using the land to make parking spaces or something. And believe me, I've looked for logical answers to what happened that night. And I haven't found any.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs
1: Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. This happened about 15 years ago in a small town in Iceland. I was staying for Christmas with my ex-girlfriend's family Her mother and grandmother lived in that town, and this happened in her grandmother's house. But we had visited her a couple of days earlier and stayed for lunch. It's not a big house, and I got pretty familiar with the surroundings that day. I remember walking the hallway to get to the bathroom, and I had to put my hand before my eyes because of the sun brightening up the place. I went in, locked the door, did my thing, and in the middle of it, the door just unlocked. It made this loud click when locking and unlocking, and i didn't think of it as something noteworthy old houses and all that right when i got out and i headed back to the living room the hallway was just suddenly pretty dark i just thought the clouds must have come over the place icelandic weather really shifts fast but the second visit was supposed to be a longer stay and we were to stay and help the old lady with chores and all that and have dinner later that day It was a beautiful winter day in Iceland too. Sunny, no clouds in the sky, cold and no wind outside. So we sat in the living room just relaxing and me watching the football on the TV. The ladies decided to go shopping and they left me alone to watch the game. Now, in a living room with big windows, sunny clear day, you would feel really relaxed, right? But I just always had a nagging feeling that I wasn't really safe in this house. I can't explain it, but... I just felt uneasy in there alone. But that feeling just got more and more localized towards the hallway as the game went on. I felt that I had to glance in that direction, and I don't know why, but I just had to do it. Again, the hallway was getting darker and darker, which was weird because the sun was still shining outside and there were no clouds in the sky. But at one point, it really just hit me. An overwhelming feeling of just panic that I was going to get hurt staying in there. In a split second I stood up from the couch and I looked towards the hallway and it was pitch black and I mean that black that you couldn't see anything else in this darkness. And the worst part was that it was heading my way, slowly, turning this bright winter day into the coldest darkest night. It didn't make any noise and everything just got really quiet. I could only hear my own breathing and pulse in fact. I honestly felt like I was in extreme danger, and at this point, I just ran out. I didn't speak to my ex about it for a long time, and at that time, I played it like I had to get something at her mother's place. I made excuses not to have to visit that house again, in other words. But when I told her about it, she told me a lot of stories from her childhood. From things getting thrown around, to doors opening and shutting, and noises with just no clear origin. Anyway, I just wanted to share my experiences. I still think about it from time to time. It's not happened to me again, both before and after that experience, but it sure is something that I'll never forget. This story is from when I was a teenager and I just started high school. So my friends and I lived in a town that at the time had a lot of farmland. Near my house a mall had recently been made so my friends and I tried to ride our bikes to go shopping one day. We missed our turn and instead wound up on a long road with a small downhill slope that ran through some farmland. Having never been to the mall before and never having been down this road we assumed it would lead us to the mall but instead this road twisted and turned through just thicker and thicker woodland after the farmland ended at the end of this road there was an abandoned old house that was visibly falling apart too my friends and i simply turned around and found our way back to the mall that day but we ended up going back time and time again because the road was long and just enough of a slope to make your bike go faster than you could pedal and one day we ended up daring each other to go into the house up until this point we had never gone into that house My friends dared me to go into the house because I was pretty confident that it would be safe if I was careful so I did. It was a pretty empty house at first glance too with some old moldy furniture. There were holes in a lot of the floor space too. Anyway one Halloween's eve we went back to the house to play hide and seek in the house. We brought a few of our other friends and it was sure to be a pretty fun time so we thought. Now at first everything went all right we played a few rounds and some of the girls were sneaking off with their boyfriends off into the woods to make out, but we just kept playing. Eventually I went into the building to hide again and noticed that well, there was a ladder up to the attic. There was a hole that I could climb through that led to a more secluded spot of the attic where I couldn't be seen as easily. At the time I thought to myself, this is the perfect hiding spot and didn't think twice about just climbing right up there. I'd brought a flashlight so I turned it on but kept the light low for the floor not to give away my position outside. I started looking around when I noticed a flash. It was the reflection from a pair of Nike shoes and it was at this point that I realized that someone was already up there. I raised the light to see who else was already up there but it wasn't one of my friends. He was dressed up in torn up clothing and I only held the light over him for about a second before just noping the hell straight out of that attic. It took me about three seconds to squeeze back through the hole but the guy just stood still, not even acknowledging that I'd ever been near him. He just kind of stood there and stared straight ahead. I told my friends and we all decided to stop playing and go outside to look at the attic. Part of it was exposed by a hole in the side of the roof and there was a window that the guy was standing in but nobody could see him through the hole, so we went to look at the window. We saw a guy with a crazed look in his eyes, and at that point, we just bolted. One of us told their parents, and they called the police. The police didn't find the person, but what they did find makes me glad that I got out as soon as I did. The police found seven fingers, with three being the right index finger, and a decapitated human head mounted on the windowsill of the attic We weren't looking at the guy that i had seen we were looking at a corpse through the window apparently that house was being used by a gang and it was so out of the way and unimportant that nobody ever went to it aside from us and what's more they had found a machete on a top where i had seen the guy and several traps inside the house meant to catch intruders if they tried to sneak into the attic through the ladder. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. No. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become?
0: Senua's Saga, Hellblade Two.
1: Play it now with Game Pass. So, I just came back from a nighttime dog walk, and I'm a, I'm a little sketched out. Me and my partner just recently got an 8 month old border collie pup and we live in a really safe and pretty small European city in a nice quiet suburban area. I've not lived here for long, I'm not from this country, but the most disturbing events I've witnessed in this area are a few 16 year olds having a party on a Friday night really. From what I've been told, crime rates are very very low here. Now, there's a gravel trail that runs between a bunch of backyards which is lined by trees and is completely dark at night. My partner and I have walked down this path at night a couple of times and we've only ever seen one other person, another dog walker, kitted out with a nice bright head torch. There are a couple of smaller trails that cut across this gravel path, one which leads up to a small hill to our street, but that's about it. So tonight, I was walking the dog on my own. I'd had a glass of wine with dinner and I guess I was feeling pretty ballsy, so I decided that I'd walk one of the small trails which cuts across the gravel path. It was about 8.30pm, although by this point it was pretty much pitch black. And despite feeling fairly confident about my choices, I was wondering if it was really such a good idea to cut across a dark path for the sake of saving five extra minutes. I definitely wouldn't risk it in my home city, but I decided to keep on going in the hopes that my dog would attack the crap out of any creepy weirdos hiding in the darkness. As we're walking down the trail though, I see something glinting in the ditch to the left. As we get closer, it appears to be a silver metallic gimbal or something. I thought about just how out of place it looked. I mean, no one dumps rubbish here, but I shrugged it off and I just kept on walking. When all of a sudden, my pup lies down on her belly and just refuses to move, staring straight ahead at the main gravel trail. If you've ever spent time around Border Collies, then you'll know the crash that I'm talking about. Now, my pup has recently taken to doing this whenever she sees either a person or an animal up ahead. We've been trying to stop her from lunging at passersby and other dogs too, by letting her lie down and wait until they've passed. She's taken to doing this pretty much automatically without us commanding her now, and when it's a dog, she'll generally lie on her belly and try and command her crawl towards them because she wants to say hello. But when it's a person, she'll usually just lay there and wait. For a second too I think that she's just having a lay down in the grass but then I realize that she won't move and even though I've given the leash a little tug she's just staring straight ahead like she does when she sees someone in the distance. I stop for a while and try to scan the path ahead but it's just too dark to make out anything. But We sometimes get deer wandering around here but their eyes usually glint in the dark I don't see or hear anything at all, just blackness and silence, but I started to get that weird feeling in the pit of my stomach, and something just told me that I need to turn around and just get the heck out of there as fast as I could. My dog is quick to follow me too, all the while looking back at whatever or whoever she was staring at. Usually she stops every few seconds to sniff at something, but this time she just hot-tailed it straight out of there. Now, was it just the wind? It's possible, I suppose. An animal? Maybe. A creepy weirdo? I'm not 100% sure, but I can't help but feel my dog may have just saved me from a potentially sketchy situation. But What do you guys think? This happened when I was four years old. My memory of the events are quite vivid as this was the closest that I have ever been to possibly dying. So I was at the grocery store with my mum. While she was buying groceries too she left me outside to play on one of those pretend cars that you put a quarter in so it moves back and forward. We lived in a small town so there was a feeling of trust in the community and my mum felt safe leaving me out there by myself. four year old me was having the time of my life on that car... I didn't even notice that a man was standing nearby, a skinny and rather short man. He was sporting a trench coat that nearly touched his feet and he looked like it was in his mid-thirties and was already starting to bolt. Once the car ride stopped, the man walked up to me. I remember him kneeling down to me, letting out a wide grin and asking, Hey, would you like another quarter, little lady? Sure, I said he smiled and placed the quarter in my hand. He held onto my hand for quite a while. I put the quarter back in the machine and went for another ride. He was watching me the entire time as well. Mum was taking a little longer than expected. The car ride was over again, so the man picked me up from the ride and stood me in front of him. You know, he said, I have a car myself. Do you want to come for a ride with me? I remember being a little confused by the question. It's like I was starting to notice something was just a little off. Don't worry, he assured me. This ride is free of charge. He grinned again. He held out his hand and I stupidly accepted it. We started walking towards his car and it was this small dented thing that hadn't been cleaned in years, obviously. We opened his car door and it was accompanied by a high-pitched yell from behind me. My mum, along with a large security guard, was sprinting towards me. The man, panicked, jumped in his car and drove off immediately. I was left in the parking space by myself. My mum grabbed and hugged me and I could feel her tears running down my shoulder. I heard the security guard on his walkie-talkie requesting assistance. And, unfortunately, they never found the man. Thinking back to that day 20 years ago really puts things into perspective. I was possibly 10 seconds away from being taken forever, never to see my mum again. And the fact that this man is still roaming the streets absolutely terrifies me. And I sure hope that nobody else has gotten hurt because of him. So there's this annual event that takes place in Sanaa University Library. It's in Yemen, and basically it's a group of publishing houses from around the world would gather in the library and sell their books. My mum really loves books, and she reads like three or four books every month, sometimes even more. She had already graduated from the university, but her love for books kept her going back to that event almost every year. This story took place in 1997, one year after my birth. My mum was pregnant with my sister and she was in her ninth month so she was pretty huge at the time. So she went to the event in its final days. There wasn't a lot of people other than the booksellers. My mum had already bought a couple of books too and was just looking for a certain book and she kept asking around for it. She noticed though that there was a guy following her but he kept a distance so she didn't give him much attention she finally arrived to one of the publishing houses and asked the guy who was working there for the book that she was looking for and he told her that the book is not allowed to be sold in this country so she won't be able to find it anywhere and at that moment that guy that was following my mum showed up all of a sudden and said to my mum I have that book that you're looking for. My mum was surprised and didn't know what to say to that guy but he continued talking and said I saw the books that you bought and I really like your taste. My mum just smiled and thanked him and then he said, I can give you the book that you're looking for. She said that it was okay and the book is not really that important but he insisted and said, I'm a professor in this university and my name is Muhammad Adam. Don't worry, nothing will happen to you. I'll leave the book with my assistant. Next Sunday, come by my office and I'll let my assistant give it to you. He kept telling her not to worry and not to be scared and nothing will happen to her and he was nice and kind of creepy at the same time and she didn't think too much of it though. She just said okay and she just went back home. She then asked my father to take her to the university on Sunday so she can take the book. A few days went by and on Sunday morning my mum's water broke so my father rushed her to the hospital and she gave birth to my sister and just forgot about the whole book thing. After a few weeks we travelled to another country and about three years later I think my mum heard in the news that a serial killer named Muhammad Adam was arrested in the university and her mind exploded when they showed a picture of the man and told my father that this was the same man who offered to give her the book a few years ago. They both were really glad that my sister's timing couldn't have been more perfect. Because that man murdered more than 10 female students in horrible and really disturbing ways that's just so hard to imagine. And the man was then trialed and sentenced to death. So my house backs onto a small road that is parallel to a few large fields that are momentarily filled with large cows and a massive bull. This means that I haven't been able to walk my dog on there for a while and instead I've started walking around the block with her. Really though she needs to be able to run freely so I decided last night as it was a warm evening I'd walk her up to the woods just past the old pit. Technically you aren't supposed to be in those woods because well you have to walk across the privately owned pitland to access them but the woodland itself isn't privately owned, so this being said, I was sure that I could let her off the lead and she could bolt around and burn off some excess energy. Now, the whole walk there was pretty much normal. People I often see just jogging or walking their own dogs, waving at me. I waved back. I stopped and spoke to an old lady too who said that she had a dog just like mine. Walking across the pit was a little scary, it always is though. More just the thought of being caught by security guards or even just one of the local busybodies. Entering the woods was fine though, slightly slippery as I headed down into the slightly more dense woodland. And then we, me and my dog, finally made it to the walking path. I've lived in this neighborhood for six years and I have no idea where this path starts, finishes or what it even is for. Something tells me though that it has to do with minecarts. There are a couple that are upturned and decorated with graffiti and shrubbery, planted in the forest ground near to the path. But last night, I wasn't in any rush, so I thought to myself, let's see where this takes us. I unclipped my dog's lead and she pranced off in front, stiffing from side to side and constantly turning back to see where I was. She had never been down there with me, the reason being that I'd only been down there as a teenager really, and hadn't been there for a couple of years at this point. But nevertheless, my dog was pretty inquisitive of her surroundings. She didn't stray off from the dirt pathway though. But we'd been walking down the track for about uh, 15 minutes I think and I was already kind of lost. I knew that I'd know where I was once we turned back though and figured that a 45 minute walk was probably enough for her. So I called her and we turned directly around and started walking back in the same direction that we had just come from. But this is where things got a bit odd we reached a spider web of a crossroads that I hadn't noticed on the way there. There were six pathways that all met in that spot, two of them were very close together and I had no idea which path I had previously walked down. I looked down both paths trying to familiarize myself with them but I couldn't. I decided that I should probably go down to the left path. The reason for this is that the pit was on my right while I was walking down the path so it made sense that it would be on the left walking back up. What left was more logical in my mind. Confused and slightly spooked though, we continued walking and I only became more confused and freaked out. Because I noticed a couple of times a woman's clothing just hooked on a tree. It was something lacy like a a blouse or a pair of tights and a pair of panties and I thought it was gross at first. But then my mind started asking, why? Why were they there? Who left them there? I called my dog and hooked her up on the lead and I held her close. I was almost running at this point. Something bad was just in the air and I could feel it in my stomach. When I heard sounds from the trees and saw shadows in the corner of my eyes. All of them could have been nothing, I admit. Animals, bushes, literally just my mind playing tricks on me. But then, then I heard a faint whimper coming from the direction that we were heading. My dog's ears perked up too and... She began to whine and then again a moan, like whoever it was could have been in pain. I crept forward, but the sound continued, getting louder, turning into a more aggressive cry, but no words. Nobody asked for help or shouted hello. I was very scared, obviously, and I was frozen, pretty much solid. I grabbed my phone, though, and I pressed the unlock button so I could then click the emergency call button on my lock screen if I needed to, and i shouted in confusion and fear uh hello nobody replied though and instead there was a guttural scream it was definitely a woman and her scream was ear-piercing but drew total silence after it but then she wailed even louder and then again and again and again and at this point i had tears in my eyes and i just ran straight out of there The sound felt like it was getting closer and closer too, like I was running toward it. But I didn't want to run away into the woods where I would definitely get lost. I just ran and ran down this path and I swear that my eyes were closed the whole time because the last thing that I remember was seeing the red light atop of the lighting mast attached to the pit building. I ran up the rocky banking and bolted through the chain link fencing. I took a moment to breathe and to calm down to try and logically explain what had happened. But to be honest, I just couldn't. In the end, I called the cops as well. I don't think I could have slept without calling them. They called back this morning and reassured me, too, that they didn't find anything. Not even the clothing that I saw. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality.